fears. It has such a strong draw because everyone has been on a lousy date, and almost everyone has been on a date from hell. If you're lucky enough to have escaped, count your blessings, because if you date long enough, your number is bound to come up. From the match game to love connection to the board game mystery date, dating is billed as an innocent, exciting, promising lark that we hope will lead to love, which is why we date, which is why we suffer through dates from hell, and which is why we love to take solace in hearing delicious, disastrous dating stories. We all know that dating can be perilous, and it helps to know we are not alone. In contrast to the stories included here, stories like we reached for the same box of cereal at the same time and got married a month later are cute, but what are the odds of this occurring routinely? As a single friend whispered after hearing one of these romantic anecdotes, nauseating. Hearing a date from hell, on the other hand, has a rousing effect. Dates from hell are the legends, the valentines with a bent arrow. A date from hell is a setup, a fix-up, a mix-up. It's a bust, a bomb, a wipeout. And it's more than that. It's a short stick of dynamite or a downhill slide into disaster. This is levels beyond your basic awful date. You can't wait to tell a friend how you survived it, and your friend can't wait to hear about it. In the following dates from hell, you'll travel on hellish trips through the twilight zone. You'll hear the screams. You'll feel the sweat bead on your forehead as catastrophes are recalled by the survivors who live to tell their tales. These stories come from all over the country, from men and women in a range of ages who wanted to confess and be heard. Listen to a few, and your own worst dates just may seem, on second thought, a lot less traumatic. The following dates from hell can top the Yorkie date because they're just as much a roller coaster ride and they're all true. Hold on. This date's like a roller coaster that's popped the track and gone out of control. Even the best laid plans can hit a snag. But you're having to endure one ridiculous calamity after another, and there's no end in sight. Sure, anyone can forgive a minor mishap or two, but this series of disasters is so relentless, it's time to call it quits. In this section, you'll hear the stories of brave folks who've survived some first encounters of a haywire kind. First up, Laura, a 30-year-old English professor from Minneapolis. Stepping into my apartment, he closes the door and slams it on his trench coat as he walks toward me. I cringe as I hear the fabric tear. His name is Jack, so we have some very strained humor about Jack the Ripper, and I hand him a glass of red wine. I met Jack at a friend's party, and we hit it off immediately. Aside from being vice president of a bank, he tells me he's also on the board of directors of a small dance company here in Minneapolis, a legacy of having an ex-girlfriend in the company. As we leave for dinner... He attempts to hand me his wine glass and somehow bats it across the room, splattering my white couch and beige rug. At least he's mortified and helps me drench the couch in rug and club soda. He offers to write me a check, which makes me think I could really get to like a guy who's this considerate. But I refuse and tell him not to worry about it. Besides, there's something endearing about a man this elegant who is a bit of a klutz. Pulling into the parking lot of the restaurant, his foot slips off the brake pedal, and we lurch into the pole in front of our space, creating a perfect semicircle in his front fender. This never happens to me, he says, sweating profusely. I manage to get him to laugh about it and find myself enjoying the role of comforter.
We're shown to a great table in the middle of the restaurant. Jack is calmer and I'm falling in love until we're served our entrees. Jack lifts our personal water pitcher, misses my glass, and drowns my lamb chops. I must be reacting too loudly because people at nearby tables glance over and smirk. We share Jack's entree. After dessert, though it's the middle of winter, Jack decides he wants to see what the outdoor patio looks like. As he gets up, his silverware crashes to the floor, and thanks to a considerable dose of practice that evening, I lift his coffee in the nick of time. I catch the eye of the people at the next table and feel myself turn red. I hope they think Jack and I are on a business dinner and that it's nothing romantic. I'll die if I think one of them is whispered to the other. First date. I sit up straight and try to look blasé. A huge gale of icy wind whips through the restaurant, and everyone's hair suddenly flies in the same direction. Menus are blown back against...